0: In order to support our show, we need the help of some great advertisers. And we want to make sure those advertisers are ones you'll actually want to hear about. But we need to learn a little more about you to make that possible. So go to podsurvey.com slash Barry and take a quick anonymous survey that will help us get to know you better. That way, we can bring on advertisers you won't want to skip. Once you've completed the quick survey... You can enter for a chance to win a $100 Amazon gift card. Terms and conditions apply. Again, that's PodSurvey.com slash Barry. B-E-R-R-Y. Thanks for your help.
1: Receivers wide right. Single to the left is Pickens. Shotgun snap. Pickens. Looking right all the way. Throws. Wide open. Deontay Johnson. Right side of the end zone for a Steeler touchdown. And Pittsburgh with 402 to play in the fourth takes a 19-16 lead. Fantasy Football Happy Hour with Matthew Berry, served by Applebee's.
2: Happy Friday. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Happy Hour. I'm Connor Rogers alongside Matthew Berry, Jay Croucher. Love the Shawshank Redemption celebration from Deontay Johnson.
1: No question.
3: Is Out of the sewage. Seen? I've seen Shawshank Redemption. All right, yeah, I've seen good. most movies, just not no, Talladega. You really ones. have. That's why I was just, when, when
1: Talladega and I didn't pick up
3: the no, you yesterday, I, I sat here me. in disbelief.
1: Yeah. Have, what about Days of Thunder? As long as we're talking I've about racing movies. You have uh, seen uh, Days of Thunder. Have I have not seen not. Days of Thunder. Yeah. You? No. Well, that's where Robin Racing comes from. I I I mean, it, my bag is yeah.
3: from like 1985 to like 2018 when my first kid was born, and then it went all. No way more, more movies. Yeah, Just, all saying, Just all sports. No, then it's all like yeah,
1: it's yeah. all uh, Blippi and yeah, uh, exactly. and Coco Melon yeah. and all that.
3: Encanto. Right. Uh, yeah. Like New York, i seen Liberty, Barbie. Barbie. another great Will Ferrell movie, by the way. Um, although, as you would say, not really a Will Ferrell movie right. um, to quote, but right. an excellent film nonetheless.
1: Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. But no, to be a Will Ferrell movie, it's got to be like you know stepbrothers stepbrothers yeah. exactly yeah. can't tell this is so random but mm. i'll never get a chance to tell this story again very yeah. quickly but we once this is many years ago back when i was a movie writer back when i was a movie writer mm. and we had a meeting with these producers um to pitch them an idea and the idea was that they're like they had the rights to aquaman yeah right and so um no like to, to make a movie out of aquaman and there was always the old joke of like oh, you can't do it underwater blah, whole thing. Everything like that. And so this is before, I mean, this is how long ago this was. This is before the Marvel explosion and, like, you know, all these kind of realistic superhero movies, so to speak. You know what I mean? Like, and so it was like, how do you do a superhero movie with Aquaman? And so the idea was it was Will Ferrell as Aquaman. No, and just, like, just imagine Will Ferrell on the poster. Like, it's Will Ferrell, like, just in the tights, right? And it's just like. He talks to fish, right? he right, like like yeah, yeah. uh, right, exactly. Yes, uh, like just, yeah. but like, like that—that—that that, that was how you would do the so Aquaman like, movie. Was just like he's like the lamest superhero because like the, his big right. superhero is he, he talks to fish and like yeah. it just like, yeah. you know, like okay. so it's like does, Ryan
3: Reynolds in Deadpool, but without the swearing.
1: Correct, basically. without okay. the swearing yeah. and without like the actual like because he still kicks ass. Deadpool yeah. does, but yeah. like this would have been <laughs> like anyway. That was. And obviously, number Can't one. Can't believe it didn't were, get through. It <laughs> didn't get through. And then obviously, they went. Oh, eventually, it went oh, with Jason Boma and you know, and whatever, and like whatever. but they went the big, you know, the big actual yeah. superhero way. Uh-huh. Vinny Chase
2: is the real Aquaman. I just want that. There you go. Fair enough. There you he's go. He's always the true Aquaman.
1: Um, <laughs> Doug, but and and I'm, and I'm. By the way, I'm friends with all those guys. By the way, on, uh, yes. entourage. No, I've been in a. I've been in a oh, league a with. Draw. What? <laughs> this
3: was an unprovoked... No, intro. I'm just, just going to say, no, just as long as we're
1: talking entourage <laughs> for one second, we're going to get to the show, don't worry about this, but as long as we're talking entourage for just a while, yeah. second, that, um, uh, that Jerry Ferreira, big fantasy oh, player, he, big sports better, sports Turtle, of course, I've been on his podcast, he's, he's been on mine, anyway, really nice guy, Kevin Connolly, same thing, um, played E, uh, he's a big fantasy player, they're in the same league, he's been on my podcast, same... Um, uh, I've done some stuff. Kevin Connolly actually once played me in a sitcom. It's a whole—that's another story. Yeah, we're gonna need another show. And then, um, uh, yeah, and then and Doug Allen, who is the creator of Entourage, big fantasy player as well. And him and I have DM'd occasionally. So you know, whatever. I'm just saying, we're we, this is a pro Entourage show. <laughs> Absolutely. Good, I just want you to know, I'm
3: good friends with Aaron Judge. Yes. I just want you to know that. Yeah, yeah. I'm no, relevance. Set with <laughs> <the> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. bring yeah. that yeah. up. <laughs> yeah. 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 I'm yeah. Never I remember yeah. Aaron Judge. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So There you go. You got we're, one on us. We both were 99. Yeah. With that,
2: let's jump into the Roto World Player I'm friends with any of those guys. I'm just saying they're
1: acquaintances. I know. But I know them somewhat, and, you know, they're, you know, I'm just saying they're they're friends of fantasy. Okay. For all your Roto-World
2: player news, go to NBCSports.com. And last night, Thursday night, football, Steelers, Titans, the Steelers just keep finding a way somehow to win, even when it's ugly. Obviously, at the top we showed Deontay Johnson gets a touchdown. It's been a long time since Deontay Johnson has scored. And we got to hear from him after the game on staying confident and staying composed while not getting in the end zone and what it meant to him on Thursday night football to do that.
1: With my teammates, Kenny, whoever it was that was coming up to me, I was just trying to, you know, show love, you know, because everybody put in a lot of work. 600 plus days is a long time. How did you grow as a person, as a player, through some of that adversity? Uh, It was tough, you know, just really how I just carried myself each and every day, not trying to think about it, but at the same time, it's like, okay, I got to figure out ways uh, if I got to do something different or you know what I'm saying on certain routes or whatever it was but you know what I'm saying just being myself and not pressing each and every week just letting the ball find me just keep getting open and uh, that's what happened.
2: The last time Deontay Johnson scored a touchdown in fantasy was January 3rd 2022. This is from Yahoo Fantasy Sports. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers was a, an MVP candidate on the number one NFC seed Packers. Ben Roethlisberger was the Steelers quarterback The Titans were the number one seed in the AFC. The NFL's first ever Week 18 hadn't been played yet.
1: Been right. a while, right, for Deontay? I was still at ESPN. That's right. I hadn't met either you guys. <laughs> no, you hadn't lost an Emmy to Todd Zeal yet. <laughs> I hadn't
3: lost.
1: <laughs> I hadn't even left home yet. <laughs> Jay, still in high school. Jay, Jay yeah. didn't work for NBC <laughs> Sports at that time either. No. Jay was no. Jay in was, Australia. I was I was and, not
3: watching Talladega Nights. J- right, so exactly. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Jay was not watching Talladega Nights. Lots, <laughs> <laughs> lots happened since then. I like the question in the interview. What have you learned in the oh, six hundred yeah. days? So yeah, it's, it's not like, like
3: he's been dead. Exactly.
1: Or been out of the country. Been a productive one. For the
3: <laughs> Right. In a I mean,
1: bad situation. Right. Exactly. What what lessons can you learn from this? I don't know. <laughs> maybe my quarterback. You know? Yeah. Maybe we've had bad quarterback play yeah. the last couple of years. Pressers like, are rough. And they're getting worse, <laughs> I feel like. Just I, being it's, honest it's, here. It's, it's, some of it is brutal. Like, yes. come on. And he... Great
2: for Deontay. Like, he that's is, as
1: great of an answer as you can give Deontay. He a horrible, like a pro. Yes. Jay, it's been 600 days since you've had a good take. What have you <laughs> learned?
3: What have you learned in that, uh, over that process? You know what I learned last night, Matthew, <laughs> is uh, so we got rid of one Ponzi scheme, which is the Alvin Kamara receptions Ponzi scheme, because yeah. they actually had a real game, so we we're running back last week. There's a new Ponzi scheme, Connor. It's the Pittsburgh Steelers. They I don't really know how they something. keep on doing this. It's ridiculous. They've been outgamed in all eight games this season in yep. terms of yardage, and they're five and three. Uh, they just keep on chugging along. And look, it wasn't pretty last night, but Deontay, ninety yards, seven receptions, and a touchdown. I mean, we—I th- was laughed at last year when I said on fantasy football pregame that I thought Deontay Johnson was a top twenty wide receiver in the I NFL. I had your back in that one. You Michael did have Smith my back. is the one who—he yeah, yeah. was the one last night, right? He—he he, looked uh, like it last night.
1: What? He, he absolutely looked at it. I think the exciting thing here is so far this year his average depth of target is over 11 yards. Like, they're actually targeting him deep. It hasn't been some of the, the kind of the small stuff that it's we've seen in recently where it's just been kind of this, you know, dink and dunk stuff. And I think part of that was because, candidly, Ben Roethlisberger couldn't throw anymore. Yeah. And then Kenny Pickett comes in towards the end of last year, and he's still inexperienced. But finally now, Pickett more comfortable in the offense, more comfortable in the NFL, and maybe it's just, you know, Canada is, ex- you know, exploring his – his play calling, but for whatever reason, they're finally taking some shots downfield and taking advantage of his speed. So to me, that's the exciting thing. Like, it's now back-to-back games with at least seven for 85 as well, at least 75 receiving yards and three straight. Like, he's locked in as a top 20 wide receiver. We always talk about this, fantasy success, talent and opportunity. We know he's got the talent. You and I both agree on that. And finally, he's getting the consistent opportunity from a quarterback that's good enough to at least get him the ball and makes a point of getting the ball to him.
2: And for all the good for Deontay Johnson, the flip side of that is since Deontay's return in week seven, it's been tough sledding for George Pickens here, Matthew, where last night should have had the touchdown. He didn't get that second foot in. But the bottom line is two of the last three weeks, he has not been very productive, and he is not the guy in this offense right now.
1: I guess so. Yes, he is not the guy. That's no question about it. He is definitely not the guy. But, again, you look at there. I mean, look at it there on your screen at the bottom. Like, he was second on the team in targets. In a game in which they didn't throw very much and was kind of an ugly game on a short week. They didn't throw very much. And second on the team in targets. And, and right, to your point, Connor, he gets half a foot in. He got changes. basically got one foot in. One and half of a foot in. And the and the, the the first part, you see it here on your screen. This is the thing. He gets one down and then just right there, um, it's his uh, his left foot doesn't get all the way in. Just the, the toes of the left foot uh, hit the white chalk. And so... If that touchdown scores, I think people aren't as panicked about this as well. And so that was just sort of bad luck to see him there catching (laughs) one-handed. He is too talented for me to panic here. I I mean, I started him last night. I'm obviously bummed about it. In a 16-team league, I had to start him. So I'll still start him next week against Green Bay, especially with 10 days to prepare.
3: Pickens is also running a crossing route on third down where Kenny Pickett is wide open. It was a basic regulation pass. Kenny Pickett just missed it. I mean, Kenny Pickett, his numbers in the end were okay enough and he got the ball to Deontay but he did not play great it's last experience yeah. right now I think like Will Levis's stats are worse I thought Will Levis had a better game than Kenny yeah.
1: Pickett no I agree look Kenny I think the jury is still out on Kenny Pickett as a viable you know NFL caliber starting quarterback but he has been good enough to get the ball to Deontay Johnson and I guess I'm not I'm not ready to panic yet on George Pickens disappointing game but uh I don't know I you know you're, you're telling me he's getting he's gonna be second on the team in targets and he's gonna get end zone looks like More often than not, I feel like that's going to work out. In the Steelers' split backfield
2: between Jalen Warren and Najee Harris, a productive night here, Jay. Jalen Warren makes the most of the carries.
1: You're Najee Harris, 11 for
2: 88, 25 yards and three catches. But Najee Harris gets the touchdown with his 16 carries and 69 yards. He also caught two passes. Both viable fantasy running backs on Thursday Night Football.
1: Jay, it's been 600 days (laughs) since people were excited to have Najee Harris on their fantasy team. Has that changed? What have you learned in those 600 days?
3: Well, the problem is is that even in his really good game, he kind of got outplayed (laughs) by Jalen Warren a little bit, which is a shame. But I'm actually playing Connor in fantasy this week. Oh, you are in our league, which I didn't realize. I had Pickens, so I'm in trouble. You had Pickens, and I was laughed at for building my team preseason around the Pittsburgh Steelers offense. Rightfully so. Well, how do you like me now? (laughs) Najee Harris and Deontay (laughs) Johnson both had massive games. Pat Fryman on IR. I won't talk about him, but uh, no, it's good for Najee, and also just good for the run game in general. Look, the Titans' run defense isn't what it was last year, but it's still a solid unit, and for them to do that is very encouraging. I
1: I think the the positive of Harris was um, 60% of the snaps, which is a season high. Since week three, he's averaging at least 16 touches, so the volume has been there as well, and he's now had a double-digit target share. Like They're starting to involve him in the passing game a little bit. You like that he converted the touchdown. Like Again, I'm Uh, clearly, jokes aside, I'm not the biggest Najee Harris fan, but, like, honestly, like, yes, I I think if you are a Najee, if you have Najee Harris on your roster, you're encouraged by what you saw last night, despite the fact that, that to your point, Jay, Jalen Warren played really well, uh, you know, as well. Fourteen touches, that's tied for a season high. He's now had double-digit fantasy points in four of the last five. He is very much a viable flex, and what's exciting is, is it just wasn't all passing down work. Like, they used him between the tackles. They used him as a running back. It really felt like You know, that, again, maybe this is because Matt Canada was on the sideline and not in the booth. They made such a big deal about that. But for whatever reason, the fact is, is that unlike previous iterations where it was just like, oh, Harris is back there. He's running. What Warren's back there. It's a passing play. They used Warren as a running back. They used Harris as a receiver, which is good because both guys have those skill sets. Both of those guys uh, are versatile enough that you can sort of mix and match and it keeps the defense off a little bit. One of the plays you just saw there if you 're listening uh, and you didn 't see it was you know Harris came very close to scoring another touchdown as well out of bounds like at the one you know so um I think you're encouraged if you have either of these guys. Harris is a borderline r b two and Warren's still a very viable flex. Again, Pickens too. Also, I think it's just a viable yeah. wide this, receiver three.
3: This team, as well, the Steelers. In the next six weeks, they have games home to Green Bay, Arizona, New England, and then a game at Indianapolis. So this team somehow is going to be like eight and five, uh, and right in the playoff right. mix, and they're going to be in game scripts where they'll be able to run the ball. That, yeah, yeah. I, I, and but
1: so Green Bay at Cleveland at Cincinnati. So the That's ne- in between, th- yep. two of the next three are tough. But again, like I don't mind stashing these guys as you start looking ahead to the playoffs. Again, you know, like so it's Arizona,
3: to- New England, Indy which is
1: exactly, golden. Exactly, exactly, as you're heading towards the playoffs, yeah. And the Steelers are, are getting good play
2: out of their first-round pick and Broderick Jones on this offensive line. For whatever reason, they didn't go to the year playing him, but he has upgraded this unit, and that's going to help the running backs as well. Over on the Titans' side of things, Will Levis, up and down night. He's 22 at 39, 262 yards. He throws the interception at the end of the game, and we got to hear from Mike Vrabel on his thoughts on Levis' performance against the Steelers right after this one.
1: There we go. Fairly
2: well, you know. Again, no, no, no delay of games. Um, getting, getting us in, and, and again, there were some things that you know, will have to be better as, as far as just directionally. And, and, but, you know, I think that it's. It, it, it was, again, we, we lost, so I'm not going to sit there and glorify that uh, in his performance. But there was some good throws. There was, you know, some good protections. Close on a couple runs.
1: Third down was was certainly a large factor in, in this game.
2: You so See Levis's numbers through his first two NFL starts right here, guys.
1: Yeah, I like the headline levitating. Nice. Wow. Yeah, well done. Whoever <laughs> uh, put that together. Appreciate that. I, I like a good pun. <laughs> I'm a fan of a good pun. Uh, yeah. I mean, and what? By the way, Vrabel's right. I mean, the fact is is that. Will Levis was making his second start on the road on three da- you know on 3 days rest and like the the reason the Titans lost this game is they couldn't get off the field on third down. The Steelers converted for an offense that isn't all that good. The Steelers converted way too many third downs in this game. And so let's not on Will Levis. I know he had the pick at the end. Okay, fine. But understand that uh, number one is is that, like, you know, uh, T.J. Watt and company were all over this kid. There were some good protections, as Vrabel says. Many not. But, uh, many, many that were not. <laughs> that uh, my, when he said that, I was like, <laughs> and, and, and many good protections. And then also, uh, there was also the fact that, you know, Traylon Burke's awful injury. We're all rooting for the best and hoping for good news. Seems like positive signs from some of the news that's trickled out since then. But, like, now he's got to go out there. Like, DeAndre Hopkins is like triple cover, double and triple cover. And then he's got no one else out there to get separation, no. you know, and he's trying to make something happen. They've got no timeouts. He's trying to force it. They have to score a touchdown. They're down by four. They can't just kick a field goal. So I know he had a couple of dropped, you know, picks that should have happened that got dropped. But, dropped. but I'm, I am more pro Will Levis than not after that game. Uh, the, the, for fantasy purposes, I don't know that I'm picking up and starting him anytime soon at Tampa Bay, at Jacksonville, home to Carolina, home to India, the next four. So not a schedule that scares you, although the Jags playing really good defense. You don't love that. Um, I don't know that I'm picking up and starting him anytime soon unless you're in a super deep two-quarterback league. But I think for the skilled players that we care about, Henry and, and, uh, and Spears, DeAndre Hopkins, maybe Chigakonquo, we'll see uh, if and when Traylon Burks is back. Uh, I think he's going to open up this offense. Yep. And the, the, here's the key thing that I think. 50% of his passes this year for Will Levis, again, small sample size, but as we got to deal with. 50% of his passes this season are either behind the line of scrimmage or 15 yards or more downfield. He's either chucking it deep with that cannon of an arm or he's dumping it off. And so that's a that's a developmental thing to me. For and, sure. Right? And what he's or, comfortable with. Right. Exactly. Um but but what but for me and then I, I want you to talk about Levis here, Connor, but what for me, I think that's exciting because I think that gives value to Tajay Spears, who they involve again, I know he didn't do anything with it last night, on the road to Pittsburgh, whatever. But like he's going to they're going to be a more aggressive downfield and he's also going to involve the running backs in the passing game more. And I think those two things are exciting for us that have the complimentary Titans on our fantasy teams.
3: You know, kind of what to me is most encouraging about Levis last night is that coaches tell us what they think of their players with their play calling. And last night, Will Levis dropped back 44 times and they ran the ball 24 times. This is a very conservative offense, typically, and that tells me that Vrabel has a certain degree of confidence in Will Levis that you wouldn't usually expect with a rookie quarterback.
2: Which makes you bang your head against the desk, Jay, that they did run on third down at the end of the game there because he they do trust him early in games. And you see what he how we talked about this, Jay, before the show, just how tight of a spiral he throws really to mm-hmm. all angles of the Crisp. field. Well, very, Chris. When you watch him at Kentucky, throwing outside the numbers, they didn't ask him to do it a lot. But when he did it, it looked as good as anyone in the country at times because he's got a big-time arm. Yeah. You see the release. Uh, he hangs in the pocket as well as any young quarterback I've seen in a long time. Like, he yeah. will get the absolute you-know-what kicked out of him. And against that Steelers front, you're going to. The Titans' offensive line isn't any good. Yeah. And, he, you know what, it's, it's going to be growing pains. He's literally going to get hit a lot but at least they are taking the training wheels off in certain spots and saying, utilize what you're best at because that's why we brought you here, and the rest will follow. I
3: mean, In the first half, he looked like Dak Prescott. Like like right now, it was incredible. Uh, and then it fell off a little bit, but uh, I think very encouraging overall. It would be interesting to see just how Tannehill, who is still on the team and did not get traded, does so he just come and take the job back at this point? Uh, I don't know. Uh, they're 3-5. Right? and five.
1: Yeah. They're 3-5 at this point. Don't you play sort of feel like play, you got to play Levis. He's yeah. the future. That's what they should do, and they should have honestly <laughs> traded the team Tannehill. looks better. Team looks they, should, they should have traded Tannehill. I don't understand. I don't understand why they didn't trade Tannehill. I don't understand why the commanders didn't trade Jacoby Brissett. There's one other guy that I didn't understand why they didn't trade. But anyway, whatever. Like you know, I, I don't get why you you know, and, and I'm glad they traded uh, they traded Josh Dobbs there. But um It's a weird one. It's a weird one. Hey, oh, and, and the Raiders. This is the other one. I don't know why the Raiders didn't trade Jimmy Garoppolo. That makes no sense to me. You know, like Fire McDaniel's a week later. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like tr- before you bench Garoppolo. Money? I, no, I but like the only thing I can think you're of. You're telling me somebody out there wouldn't have taken Garoppolo?
3: There are teams out
1: there that like.
3: No, uh, the problem is, is that he had the Detroit game the day before the trade deadline. Maybe so. I'm not sure Minnesota wants 11 million on their books for next year. Maybe not,
1: that. but like, but it's gonna be 11 million on the Raiders' books, aren't you? Like, hey. Will give us a late pick and take six million dollars yep. off of, of this right. off Find of our hands to, or whatever. Yeah. Find a yep. way. Like oh, there's a deal to be had for Garoppolo, and instead you're just going to eat the money. And again, it's just whatever. Bad franchises can be bad franchises, but. Um, all that, but uh, by the way, we had a good night betting. By the we way, did. the uh, the under hit, which yep. was which was my bet. The under hit, never in doubt. <laughs> never in doubt. <laughs> yeah. It was 36 and a half It ends at thirty six. Of second. course, sweating. Yeah, exactly. Never never in doubt. But the under did hit, as did uh, what was Alex here? Highsmith. Alex Through, uh, Highsmith took him over point
3: two five sacks. He got two sacks and he had a third one. Taken away by a penalty as well, which uh, had nothing to do with the play, which is we, frustrating because that was the first one. We have to ask
2: a DraftKings for alt sacks yeah. going alt-sacks, forward. Yeah. I mean, that's the real d <laughs> betting, yeah. but yeah. alt sacks, you know, plus 400 for <laughs> yeah. two sacks from Highsmith. Yeah. Something to think about for our friends at DraftKings. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the Titans' backfield, you know, we mentioned it a little bit. Tajay Spears stays involved, season high in snap rate. He did have four catches. The problem is, Barry, they only went for four yards. And, of course, this was a classic Derrick Henry game plenty of volume, and he gets the touchdown.
1: I, I'm still hanging on to him because I think he's still a viable flex in deeper leagues, and obviously he's a very important insurance running back for those of you who have Derrick Henry on your team. I, again, I think the fact that Levis is like it's either – Levis is more willing to dump off to the running back than it seems Tannehill was. So I think that's exciting. Uh, again, he, I know he didn't do anything yesterday, but I do like the fact that he caught four balls and he's, he played 60% of the snaps. He ran 28 routes. Both of those were season highs. So the workload is coming. There's, the production hasn't been there yet, and I believe the production will be coming, especially, again, as we talk about. It. They're 3-5, and five, and who knows how much longer Derrick Henry has. They need Tajay Spears to get more reps. They need Will Levis to get more reps in the I think future the, of this franchise. I
3: think the key there as well is the Jacksonville one last week and now Jacksonville six and two. Like, the division is getting away from the Titans in a yeah. hurry. So you'd think that they would go uh, into the youth movement more quickly than they might normally.
2: All right, let's move over to the injuries we are tracking. Josh Allen leads this list because he returned to practice in full with that shoulder injury. Deshaun Watson, limited, but Mary Kay Cabot, while we are recording, has said that uh, it looks like Watson will start, or everybody's believing Watson will start. Oh, so we'll, ulti- we'll see. Yeah, Here we we'll, go again. Go ahead, James. What could go wrong? I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah right.
3: uh, I don't know. what to, I mean, we'll, we'll get to Deshaun Watson, but uh, I have no idea what to expect out of him.
2: Tyler Lockett, also another limited with the hamstring. Then you have a lot of DNPs on this list. Josh Palmer, as we get closer to the uh, Monday Night Football matchup with the Jets. He does have the extra day. Right. So that's something we'll keep an eye on. DK Metcalf with the hip. Imari Di Mercado, Darren Waller's ruled out for Week 9. He didn't practice. That injury could linger beyond this week, but right now he is officially ruled out. Drake London still not practicing, which, as you said, Matthew, disappointing considering Taylor Taylor Heineke is now in. Damian Pierce did not
1: practice, and Matthew Stafford with the sprained thumb also did not practice. It would be really interesting because, like, I don't love Devin Singletary, but if Pierce were out, you know, I don't think Mike Boone's going to get enough work there. Like, Singletary should get enough work against Tampa Bay to be... Flex viable or borderline top 20-ish if Pierce is out. So let's see if Pierce, who hasn't practiced all week, let's see if he can go today as well. And also Stafford, obviously super interesting because if not him, it would be Brett Rippon. You're still probably starting Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua, but you wouldn't love their chances nearly as much uh, against the Packers this week. I know that, Jay, you say, like, when you look at the lines, DraftKings believes Stafford isn't playing.
3: Yeah, the line is minus three, but it's minus 115 on the minus three. So the DraftKings expects that uh, Matthew Stafford will not be out there. If Stafford was playing that the game's pick or maybe right. even the Rams favored with how the Packers are playing. With Deshaun Watson, I think there are three possible outcomes. One, he's just, he's back and he's the guy who, who by the way, last time Deshaun Watson was healthy and playing, he had the best game of his career as a Cleveland Brown right. against the Tennessee Titans, destroyed them. I think the other possible outcome is that he looks like the guy he did against the Colts, where he's just completely useless and they have to take him out of the game basically. Or you get somewhere in between. And I would say the somewhere in between is the most likely outcome. I don't think he's gonna look like the guy he did against no. the Colts, because why on earth would they put him out there in a game where they're going up against Clayton Toon in Cleveland? So I think that he's probably gonna be right. I think that's good news for Amari Cooper, it's good news for Kareem Hunt, and I think you can probably start your Cleveland players as normal.
1: Yeah, David and Joku as well. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. For sure.
2: All right, so we'll keep on an eye on keep Watson. An eye on that. Uh, and you guys will obviously have more on all of these on fantasy football pregame at eleven AM. Deshaun on Watson Sunday. is the
1: hardest guy to talk about, I have to tell you. <laughs> yeah.
2: Well it's becoming easy because he's a non factor, in my opinion. Like Deshaun Watson in my opinion is
1: reaching fantasy irrelevancy. It is like it's hard to talk about him for so many reasons. Well yes. And yeah. just anyway. All yeah. I want to do is make jokes. I'm sorry. I'm not copied, but it. no, none it. of them are good. None of them are good. and just Whatever. I'm not, well, a, fan of, not you, a fan of the person. You can, can I tell you? You can make some
2: more jokes as we welcome in our good friend <sighs> yeah, Denny, Denny Carter. Denny Carter somebody that I can. For that
0: the I
1: regression can, files. Yeah, Denny, well-dressed today on this Friday make show. Of, yeah, sure. what's going on? Look at that.
3: <laughs> Denny's going The sweaters are later. back.
1: Yeah. The
0: sweaters have come out. It's cold. It's really cold here in Maryland, so we are wearing the sweaters again.
3: Yeah, are you ready? Are you going clubbing after this? Like, what's going yeah. on? Like, what, are you? Looks like he's going to a club in 1987. Yeah, exactly. There we right. go. That's it. I would do it if you have a time machine. I'm there.
1: Right. What's the? What's the? Yeah, the night at the Roxbury. Just yeah. Danny, do this for me. Just do this. <laughs> just you know, just like. There you yeah. go. Right. There you yeah. go. You could yeah. be in that sketch. That was yeah. pretty good. Yeah, that it. pretty good. We might have to do a remake yeah. at that some was, point. I've, tra-
0: I've, did, I've trained my whole life for that. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> it's fantastic.
0: Uh, we we, have Denny
3: on the show. we
2: yeah. welcome Denny on the show to talk about his article he writes every week. The regression files players who are overproducing or underproducing based on their workload, playing time, and oh. opportunity. Yeah. So, Denny, let's start maybe in a more positive regression light on this Friday. Who do you got for us?
0: T. Higgins, who I know has been among the most frustrating fantasy picks of the season basically, he was injured when Joe Burrow finally got healthy. Burrow was hurt when Higgins was healthy. Now they're both healthy-ish. Last week, he caught five of six targets for 65 yards. He saw 33% of the air yards against San Francisco, which is a really good indicator of his involvement in this rejuvenated uh, Cincinnati passing attack. Uh, He gets a, a pretty good matchup here against a uh, a kind of a middling Buffalo secondary, and uh, in a game that should, you know, it could shoot out easily. I, I'm sure you guys would agree with that. So I know T. Higgins has been frustrating, but you got you to stick with him. I think really good things are on their way this week.
1: You know what? I agree. Listen, honestly, I agree, Denny. We actually talked about this yesterday on the Love Hate show. T. Higgins made my love list this week. So you and I are in lockstep on this one as well. The Dravis White injury, I think, helps as well. Yeah. He's had four full games where he's fully healthy this year. He's averaging over eight targets a game in those games, and so you're telling me like a healthy T. Higgins is going to get over eight targets from Joe Burrow in a game with a high over under? Like I'm in on that. Yeah. Exactly. Denny, yeah. how about somebody that
2: had a big week last weekend but could come back down to reality going into this weekend?
0: This one was easy. Uh, Rashid Shaheed is the, uh, the the most screaming regression candidate maybe of the whole season. Uh, You know, Shahid caught three passes last week, 150 plus yards, included a touchdown. One of those was from Taysom Hill, by the way, a 44 yarder that was ruled an interception and then overturned to be a reception. Very strange little thing there. But Rashid, Shahid is only running a route on half the snaps. Um, He's a boom-bust guy. He reminds me of, like, Deshaun Jackson, like early Deshaun Jackson, where, you you know, you could get 25 points out of him. You could also get exactly zero, which I, which I fear for Shahid going forward. Now, if you're in a deep league, multiple flex spots, you could do a lot worse than Rashid Shahid. I just wouldn't get too excited and start him over someone with a much safer PPR floor.
3: Shahid's a strange one because... So, weeks six and seven, he played 62 and then 63 snaps. That's a ton of snaps. Yeah. And then last week, when he had three catches for 153 yards and a touchdown, he played 18 snaps. So, I don't really understand what is going on with Shahid's usage.
1: Yeah, or the Saints yeah. in general. That's, yeah, who yeah. knows? Yeah. Yeah. But, right, he is big play dependent. He is very big play dependent, for sure.
0: Yeah, and, and also uh, Dennis Allen, the coach of the Saints, uh, had, a, had a critique of Shahid after the game last week. He said, hey, he ran, he ran a wrong route. So we're not sure about him going forward. I mean, it's it's a it's a very strange thing. He's he's one of their best players, and they don't seem to be totally in on him. I don't really know what's going
1: on. Yeah, bizarre
2: situation for the New Orleans offense. Matthew, how about a positive regression pick for you from Denny's article? Well,
1: I read the entire article backwards and forwards, um, and definitely wasn't like you know uh, on on my toilet when I read it either. I I was definitely definitely you know took the proper time and care to read it. Yeah. Here's what I'm going to say. Now, here's, here's one call that I really like, actually. Jokes aside from your column here, Denny, which is DeAndre Swift, right? I mean, again, somebody who's gotten 16 touches inside an opponent's 10-yard line this season that's tied for six most against running backs. I like how the the brotherly shove showed some wrinkles. You know, the other mm-hmm. day, the, the anti-DeAndre Swift article as well, when they get in close, it's always going to Jalen Hurts, but then... Last week against my commanders, they get into Brotherly Shove uh, formation and they hand it off to DeAndre Swift. And, and so I, I just, that fact, um, every single game where he's seen at least 60% of the team's rushes inside the 10, he mm-hmm. scored in every single game in a, in a uh, matchup against the Cowboys this week. I have him as my running back 11. I, I like the call on DeAndre Swift in terms of positive touchdown regression here.
0: Yeah, and there's also the fact that uh, Philadelphia is the run-heaviest team inside the 10-yard line by far this season, and for good reason. You know, the tush push, uh, the the running backs being able to run behind that elite offensive line. So I think that those opportunities for Swift will continue in a very high-value part of the field. I, I like him a lot against a Dallas defense that has been a little bit shaky against the run when game script is not insane, which obviously it
3: mostly is in Dallas games.
2: Jay, being the Grim Reaper that you are, you get the negative regression pick. Where are you going with yes, this one?
3: The Todd Zeal of the show, uh, as yes. it's known, Stealing
2: all the hope. Uh, yeah. I'm
3: going with my man, Romeo Dobbs, Danny, as a negative regression. Candidate and Dobbs has had a really strange season. Weeks three and four, he had 25 targets across two games back to back, and then outside of that, has largely been unsighted, kind of touchdown dependent. This Packers offense in general just seems like a mess. This Packers team in general seems like a mess. But you don't like Dobbs because you think his touchdown uh, scoring is unsustainable with the amount of targets he's getting in the green zone.
0: Yeah, you know, he's getting away with it. And th- th- this is the thing. I, when, when I look for guys to write up in this article, I look for guys who are getting away with it, and he is doing just that. He's doing everything you want inside the 10-yard line. Like, he's converting most of his targets inside the 10-yard line into touchdowns, which just can't last. You would think with the play of Jordan Love that it it, it, won't, it won't last. It can't last. Also, Christian Watson uh, has kind of emerged as the wide receiver one in some respects, in others, it's still Dobbs. I, I, I just, I don't think that I'm uh, trying to, to, to put him into my lineup everywhere if I have better options because it's really, he's touchdown dependent, like you said, Jay, and we don't like that.
1: Yeah, listen, um, I know how you write about guys getting away with it. I look forward to when I'm uh, in your column. Hey, question for you here, uh, Denny, real quickly. Um, the NASCAR championship at Phoenix Is this Sunday at 3 p.m. right here on NBC and Peacock? It's a big company priority. So my most important question to you is, have you seen Talladega Nights?
0: I I, I thought you were going to ask me, who do I like to win? And I would have had nothing to say. But, uh, uh, yeah, (laughs) of course I have. I saw that in the movie theater back in the day.
1: Yeah, of course you did. Will you do me a favor? Will you just, will you go vroom, vroom? Like, you know, just, you know, just, or again, we're trying to promote the the race for NBC. Uh,
0: Vroom, vroom. Yeah, there you go. That's all I need.
1: Uh, Hey, last thing for you before we let you go. Thanks. You're a good sport here. Um, uh, NBC's going to be very thrilled with that. I'm going to cut that as a promo for the 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 race race the actual oh, race boy. um uh Denny saying vroom vroom uh uh there's been Denny everyone knows not just here at Roto World and NBC but around the industry around the fantasy football industry you are Mr. Kicker you are uh you love kickers um uh there was an injury in New York I yeah. Graham Gano. Is it yeah. like I'm just curious as, Done you know, for a year. Yeah done no, what's for the, the year fallout here Denny. Yeah what's the fallout here?
0: <laughs> okay, here's what's happening guys okay we have Cade York, who was great at LSU, drafted by the Browns. Uh, they had to let him go because he was struggling mightily in the preseason. We have Cade York facing longtime veteran Randy Bullock yeah. uh, in, a, in a Friday showdown at Giants practice. And whoever wins that tryout, I'm not joking here, is going to kick for the Giants this Sunday and going forward. I, I don't know who I want to win, honestly, but it's the only thing I can think about.
1: Uh, I, I Sure. I'll tell you who wins. America. America's, <laughs> yeah, America's won already. We've got, a, we've got a Friday kicker showdown. <laughs> Denny, your good sport as always. Say hi to everyone at the club in 1987. You can catch Absolutely. Denny
2: for his live fantasy football Q&A right after happy hour at 1 p.m. Eastern time. On the NFL, on NBC YouTube
1: channel. Day, Everyone go you. ask him kicker questions. Please. Just flood, <laughs> <Not> in, <laughs> but qu- flood the questions. chat with kicker questions. Kicker <laughs> questions and how much do you hate being on the show with Barry? <laughs> yeah. You can be honest, <laughs> Danny. You can be <laughs> or honest. Or just say vroom vroom. Or just chat. say vroom vroom. Yeah, that'll get it going.
2: Uh, we're taking our first break. When we're back, it's what's on tap at the Bud Light Bar. The biggest to- uh, point
1: totals the entire weekend. I thought he'd be more like broom broom. I thought he'd lean into it
3: more. I'm going to tell you right
1: now, let me let me teach you a few things that I know about racing. Yeah, I'm actually a NASCAR
3: expert. Okay. Okay. I disagree, but I can't. All right. No, no, no. Listen, hear
1: me out. Hear me okay. out. Excellent. a couple things. Robin is racing. Okay. There you go. If <laughs> you ain't first, you last. Uh, yeah. Right? Yeah, Keep you know? going. Yeah, yeah. Right. And when I wake up in the morning, I piss excellence. There you go. <laughs> Race car. In America's all about speed. Yes. Hot, nasty, badass speed. <laughs>
3: <laughs> get what does that even mean?
2: The NASCAR Championship at Phoenix. That's what it means. One final showdown out west. Four drivers enter. One leaves. A NASCAR Champion this Sunday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time on NBC and Peacock.
1: Broom, vroom. broom, broom, vroom, vroom. vroom. vroom, vroom, vroom. That's terrible. That's great. I, it was great. <laughs> i all seriousness, this, this happened during the break. I'm just asking you, like, tell me, America, this this wouldn't have been funny. Just imagine, again, Will Ferrell on the poster like this. And he's got the ugly yellow, mm. you know, orange top and the green tights. And it's just like this. He talks to fish.
3: It's just, just like Will me, Ferrell yeah, trying to look back. badass. Yeah, revive it. I'm just saying. It's yeah. a, that
1: would have been funny. I'm yeah. just saying. It would have been funny. And then when it's a hit, you could be like, well, I pitched this, what, 15 years ago? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <so> exactly. 15 <laughs> so like years ago. Now you got to turn. Go. It would have been funny. I mean, although, in fairness, DC made a zillion dollars with the first Aquaman. So, so you know, whatever. You're they ended up, up winning. But I'm just telling you, my way would have been funnier. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> As you can see, we're back at the bar. It's Bud Light. What's
2: on tap? What's on tap is brought to you by Bud Light, the official year sponsor of the NFL. And here's the matchups with the highest point totals. Nothing is as easy to enjoy as a Sunday full of football and a fridge full of beer. But these are the games we're locking in on, starting with the Dolphins at Chiefs. The Chiefs are favored by two points in this game. This line is now at 50 and a half points. And the first question I have here for you, Matthew, is can Raheem Mostert rebound after back-to-back quiet games? You know, he's been a little banged up as
1: well, but he will play in this game. Yeah, I, I mean, listen, I don't think it matters, and I'll tell you why I don't think it matters. You're starting him. His name is Raheem Must Start. You're legally required to start him. Like, them's the rules. I didn't make them up. But, you know, you, you have to. I, I just – the question is, is do you think the Dolphins move the ball against the Chiefs, and I do? So, in essence, I'm starting him. I have Raheem Mostert at running back eight. I'm all in, right? I mean, again, they've allowed at least 75 rushing yards to a running back in back-to-back games. The Chiefs have, right? I mean, and so if you're telling me a running back is going to get 75 yards against them, it's most likely going to be Raheem Mostert, Right. They also allow 4.5 yards per carry to running backs this season. That's seventh highest as well. And so if they get in scoring position, Mostert it seems to be their guy. I think that they will focus the Chiefs will focus for a variety of reasons on slowing down Tyreek Hill. They're going to cuz no team is in the NFL knows better than the Chiefs what Tyreek Hill can bring to an offense. And so that will be the focal point in my belief Of what to do. And so I think they'll play deep. They'll play too high. They're going to try to bump up. Anyway, I think running lanes will be open for Raheem Mostert and the Miami Dolphins. So yeah, I'm as a top 10 play. I know it's been a quiet couple of weeks, but I'm in on Raheem must start.
3: I agree. in addition to it being a focal point, the Chiefs are just better at defending the passing game as well. They're more vulnerable to the run, so that'll play into Mostert's hands as well. I also like that the Dolphins, they've flown over to Germany well before the Chiefs. I don't understand how there isn't just a uniform approach to that. Like, surely someone just figures out what's the best way to do about this, like, scientifically, and everyone just do that. But everyone does a different thing. Uh, But going over earlier seems to have worked uh, more in the past. So I like that for Raheem Mostert. Look, it's going to be a high-scoring game, and even if you're low on Raheem Mostert, he's still a no-brainer star.
2: We kind of hinted at this, Jay. I wanted to ask you. We've seen the Dolphins play – we've seen them blow out some poor teams. They have an incredible offense. There's no denying that. But we've also seen them – stumble a little bit where they've set their bar against the better teams and the Chiefs absolutely fit that bill. Do you think this is a game where Miami can actually – beat a really good opponent and show no we are for real we're not just beating up on you know the minnows of the sea here in the NFL
3: yeah it's an interesting one and look we all love Mike McDaniel Mike McDaniel won the press conference in Germany after this um, comment about yes. being bigger in person but sneaky thing about Mike McDaniel is he's lost every single big game he's ever played with the Dolphins uh, that he's ever coached for the Dolphins they haven't stood up they got blown out by Buffalo they got blown out by the Eagles on Sunday Night Football so this is a massive test for them I think the Chiefs are just a slightly start- better team but what I'm most interested in with this game is how much does Jalen Ramsey just completely changed the complexion of this Miami right. defense because that's been right. their issue that's how they got destroyed by Buffalo is they couldn't do anything with Stefan Diggs now they have Jalen Ramsey who looked like himself last week and so that's that's the real key I think because if he is if he's back to being himself then all of a sudden that defense is a strength the Eagles were the better
1: team on Sunday night but I will say this like Tyree Kill I know this drove me crazy because this this killed my parlay that I had that night But, like, honestly, like, Tyreek Hill had a ball wide open and he just – he runs a little bit too fast in his knee and he bounces it up. And if he comes down with that ball, where 99 out of 100 times he's coming down with that ball, he has a clear path to the end zone and he gets that touch. You know what I mean? And so I just – I feel like Dolphins definitely did not get any help from the referees there as well. Again, Eagles were the better team. But I think in a better officiated game and Tyreek Hill making a normal Tyreek Hill play – I think the narrative of them, oh, they can't play with the big boys, changes. Because I think that would have been a much closer competitive game.
3: Yep. No, I agree. I think the Dolphins are very that. I think this is a coin flip game. Our right. next one. I,
1: I'll, I'll say I like the Chiefs. I like the Chiefs. It, but it's interesting because the public, it opened, I think, at minus three, right? It's now down to minus two. So the public is, is coming in on the Dolphins, it sounds like.
3: Yep. There has been some momentum for the Dolphins. And I think some of that is actually the Chiefs traveling over later. Yeah. Yeah, people really don't like that in the market. Yeah.
2: Our next one here, Sunday Night Football, the Bills at the Bengals. The Bengals are favored by two points in this one. The uh, point total is now at 50 and a half here. And, Matthew, we got to see a career-high nine receptions for Gabe Davis last week. Do you think this is a sign of things to come or kind of a flash in the
1: pan? I hope so because I think this. This is the thing that was most exciting to me wasn't just obviously the targets, but the fact of the matter is is like his average up of target was 6.7 yards prior to that game, had been over 15. Again, nothing but just deep downfield stuff, and that was the case with him last year. Just all this deep downfield stuff that's so boom or bust, like, you know, if if he hits him in stride and he gets a step, then okay, but otherwise, no, it falls short. But using him in a bunch bunch of different routes, using him closer to the line of scrimmage, honestly, more like a real wide receiver that has an expanded route tree versus just this guy who's, you know, you know, go fast and let me see if I can hit you in stride. And so if they do that, and we talked about this, the fact that they are playing so much more 11 personnel, they've done it in over 70% of their uh, snaps each of the last three games. And so I am, I'm sort of buying this with Gabe Davis as well. We know he's going to be looked for when they get in close. He's top five in the NFL in end zone targets this season. He's got three in the last two games as well. He's been fairly touchdown-dependent this year. I mean, when he doesn't score a touchdown, he averages under four fantasy points per game. But I'm at wide receiver 28, so I am as a wide receiver three this week. And I think that if you're sort of deciding in that range, give me the upside of Gabe Davis. Again, I want to see it again before I move him higher up. But I think if they use him, he, if they're not just chucking it to him deep and they're using uh, you know, this kind of expanded route tree that we saw last week against Tampa Bay – I think good things can happen for a talented player.
3: Yeah, and I think Dawson Knox going on IR has kind of lucked the Bills into this 11 personnel thing where now it's just like it's like an NBA team that just has more shooters on the floor. It's yeah. just a more space floor. The offense just looks more pristine. And I think they're going to beat the Bengals on Sunday night. I know they're two-point dogs, but I don't really agree with the line. The Bills were six-point favorites against the Bengals in the playoffs. Now that game was at home. You're flipping it over now. They're two-point dogs uh, away to the Bengals when they're on extended rest as well. Allen was full practice yesterday. He's good to go and I know everyone thinks like Joe Burrow is all the way back and he's 100% I agree but I think he was that way three weeks ago against the Cardinals when he completely lit them up and he was running for first downs and his metrics underlying stuff around you know how he was evading pressure he seemed healthy and in between that they weren't very good against the Seahawks so I think the idea that Burrow is healthy is correct I just think he's already been healthy and the offense wasn't all world against the Seahawks so uh, I think the Bills are the better team, and, uh, and I think they'll win on Sunday.
1: Yeah, yeah, it is. It is pretty interesting. Again, and I think you bring up a good point. The last time we saw Buffalo was the Thursday night game against Tampa Bay ten days ago. Yep. So they've had they the, the mini buy, and this is obviously a game they've had circled on their calendar for quite some time. Yep. Connor,
2: our final one here: Cowboys at Eagles. The Eagles are favored by three points against Dallas. The point total in this one is forty-seven. And Jay, something we routinely talk about with the Cowboys is Tony Pollard or the lack thereof with this Dallas run game. Is Tony Pollard at this point buy, sell, or just really hold out that he's going to get it going behind this Dallas offensive line?
3: I think you have to hold out. I mean Pollard's year has been very disappointing. He's not having the explosive plays that he did last year, but he's still productive. Uh, he's still getting a ton of work for Dallas. And the thing is, is that we forget with Tony Pollard, he broke his leg. In January, he literally broke his leg. So I think he's having some, maybe some difficulty coming back off that. But it's not a great matchup against the Eagles and their run defense. I think you beat them through the air. But the good thing is, is the Pollard can give you work through the air as well. So look, Tony Pollard, you're stunning him every week. And if you're selling him now, it's at a low point. I think there's much more scope for him to go up in value than down.
1: Yeah, I mean, the Cowboys' offense, just in general, really struggled to start up and then finally the last couple of weeks the passing game has gotten going right we haven't seen it from the run game yet but hopefully the success of dak prescott he looks better the, the you know Ceedee lamb my guy eight. every brandon cooks is starting to come alive they found something in jake ferguson Absolutely. hopefully hopefully that all of that combined now opens up stuff for tony pollard i think you're concerned just to give you a stat jay based on what you said about the lack of explosive plays He's had um his yards per carry this year three point nine. Only six percent of his rushes this year have gone ten or more yards. That is down sixteen percent from last season. Now, is that because he bulked up in the off season knowing that he was gonna have a bigger role? Is he is he somewhat slower? You know because he's just is it because McCarthy is just running him up the middle and not a super creative play caller and not getting him to space the way he was last year when he was a compliment to Ezekiel Elliott? Is it just, you know, um, you know, again, the offense has been bad, and they're like, "Let's fix Dax in the passing game first, and now let's worry about the run game." But we just haven't needed it. The defense has been so good at times that they haven't, like, they've had kind of this luxury, if you will. I'll just, to your point, Jay, though, he's Tony Pollard. You're starting him. He was your, if he's on your team, he was your first round pick this year. I'm at running back seven this week. I actually like him this week. I think he rebounds this year when he's gotten at least 15 touches. He's averaging 18.6 fantasy points per game. Against the Eagles, I think he gets that kind of workload.
3: Yeah, what do you think is wrong with Pollard? Do you think cuz when I watch the games, it's just there's no space for him exactly. to move. It's they're predictable.
2: They are a predictable team with Mike McCarthy calling the plays, like you said, where they are very predictable of when they run, how they run. And here's the thing for Dallas that you could say, in the past years, their line has been so good that that didn't even always matter, especially with a different running style and Ezekiel yep. Elliott but now it does matter, and it's great for Dallas that they could throw. They could drop back with Dak. They have different options besides C.D. I think Ferguson's been great this year. But, yeah, I just think when it comes down to it, the getting hit at the line of scrimmage for a running back that's not really a bruising running back
1: and the lack of creativity, the way they run, has affected Pollard in the biggest way. So uh, two quick things here. Number one is just to your point about asking, like, should you trade? Should you sell him? Absolutely not. In fact, I'd actually try to buy low on him yeah. right now because look at this. After Philadelphia, and that we know not a great matchup here. Giants, Panthers, Washington. So three really good matchups for Tony Pollard. So even if he doesn't do anything this week, actually I wouldn't mind trying to acquire him because he should have good news. Just some, uh, some updates that have just sort of come in here. By the way, Deshaun Watson officially will start on Sunday as well. Uh, 11 minutes ago this came in via John Glennon who writes, uh, according to Vrabel, he tweeted this out. This is all from the Fantasy Life app. Not ready to name Levis the starter. We'll have a depth chart conversation over the weekend. See where things stand on Tuesday. He's going to be the starter, but he's just not doing it. Frank Reich says Chuba Hubbard will continue to start running back, but it will be a committee approach. Hubbard's the only running back you want there. And then finally, Jonathan Gannon says they haven't decided who will start for the Cardinals at quarterback. Uh, on the bra- against the Browns on Sunday. He said they're likely to sign on the plane today or tomorrow, whether it's Kyler Murray or Clayton Tune. and they've had a good week of practice.
3: That line has been moving towards Arizona. So the market thinks that Kyler's going to Kyler's go. starting. Yep. So there you go. That's a big change.
1: That is a, that is a big change. Again, Kyler Murray is not 100% rostered. I don't get it. I don't understand it. Now, he's rostered in all the leagues I play in because I play with people who know what they're doing. But you <laughs> out there might not be playing in a league with everyone that knows what they're doing. So go get Kyler Murray if he's still available in your league. It's the nicest thing you ever said about Jay and I. <laughs> I play <laughs> fancy with people that know what they're yeah, doing. Yeah. yeah, you guys uh, know what you're doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah like for it. the most uh, part. I mean, you know, you've got those Najee Harris-Michael Thomas <laughs> blind spots. Yeah, But no, uh, you uh, guys absolutely know what you're doing. Uh, That's okay. what, I mean, you know. That'll do a, it for what's i the first place in that league, I'm just saying. You like, are. You know, Kills me. It does kill them. Yeah.
3: I'm 5-3 i so I'm the most fraudulent 5-3 team that's ever been.
1: <laughs>
2: That'll do it for
3: what's Steelers. on tap. You and the Steelers. You and yeah. the
2: Steelers. Presented by Bud Both Light. Fraudulent. Easy to
3: Sunday, easy to enjoy. We're going to
2: break when we're back. It's last call. Jay and I got our pickup lines of the week for Matthew. Vroom, vroom. DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. Download the app and use promo code BARRY when you sign up. DraftKings sportsbook the crown is yours let's look at some of our pickup lines but before we do and here's the matchups with the highest spreads in the week matthew i see you have on your maryland terrapins hat i heard there's a high profile fantasy happy hour matchup this weekend
1: well yeah i mean because let's you know everyone knows i love my terps go terps i've been a lifelong (laughs) diehard fan for a couple months
3: huh no i'm kidding I said name full plays. <laughs> <laughs>
1: exactly. Well, it's here, Maryland. Two <laughs> <To> his brother. <laughs> to his brother. I got two brothers. Yeah, yeah exactly. The fact, we don't have time for all that. It's a short segment. We've got to get into our DraftKings. Quick. But I just want to point out that I believe um, my Terps play Penn State this weekend. Yes. That's right. Penn State Blake. Mm. Um, and I have a bet. And I will say this. I've got to give credit to Penn State Blake. And Penn State Blake is giving me the points. Yeah. I believe they're eight and a half point dogs Correct. to uh, the Nittany Lions, and so we have a bet, me and Penn State Blake. Unlike, I don't know, I don't want to name names, Lawrence Jackson, who <laughs> wouldn't give me the points on the Falcons <laughs> Commanders bet. Commander Lawrence Moneyline Jackson. Yeah, Lawrence <laughs> Moneyline Jackson, <laughs> <laughs> like That's the good. worst. That'll you know, it. like yeah, honor the honor the honor the spread. And so anyway, Penn State Blake, what are we betting, Penn State Blake? No. Do we have a do we have a <laughs> shot of him? Do we have a camera on him? No, we no. don't. We don't have a camera <laughs> on him. All right, good. That's No worries. We'll figure it out. Um, so anyway, uh, but yeah, Penn State. I think dinner. I think we're gonna do dinner okay. here. Um, At the yeah, yeah. Sandwich. Yeah. Do you guys have a? Um, do you guys have a favorite? Who are you taking? I think Maryland. So a half?
3: It. I think Maryland will. It's
2: a lot of points, but I'll still roll with Penn State. Okay. Wow. I don't think Marilyn's very good. There you go. That's fair. That's fair. There he is. There's Penn State Yeah, There you go. He's repping.
1: Yeah. We uh, are
2: gonna uh, lose. Okay. All right, let's jump into our pickup lines for the
3: weekend, Jay. Yes. What do you got for Matthew? Okay. Who's
1: taking me home tonight? Um, come on. Yeah. I'll Ho- wear the hat.
3: Hopefully, me. And a smile and
1: nothing else. <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah, outstanding. <laughs> uh, so my bet, Matthew. Yes, sir. Rashid Shahid. I know Danny Carter talked down in terms of neg- negative aggression, and I agree. He's not going to go 153 yards and a touchdown again, probably. But. I still think he's going to go over thirty and a half receiving yards. That's the line of DraftKings. It's too low. He is their deep threat. He's going up against the Bears' secondary, which is the second worst pass defense in the entire league. I just think after the success that he showed last week and the fact that he played 125 snaps the previous two weeks combined, he's going to be on the field. He just needs to connect with one. You just need one to go over thirty and a half receiving yards for Rashid Shaheed.
2: Listen, there's no bigger okay. Rashid Shaheed fan than me. So I this love that. True. And hopefully Dennis Allen. Relaxes a little bit after that that, quote. Ironically, Jay and I don't discuss these, of course, before the show. We both went with Saints props. I'm going (laughs) Alvin. We're very weird. (laughs) Very strange. Alvin Kamara over 32.5 receiving yards. They're almost the same exact (laughs) prop as well. Matthew Kamara's last five games 51, 91, 36, 17, and 33. He's done this in four of the last five. The reception scared me a little bit. I don't know if he goes over four and a half, but I think he's going to make the most of his receptions. I like the over on a very low receiving yards total for the, I don't know if it's a Ponzi scheme or a pyramid (laughs) scheme, but whatever scheme Kamara's running with the Saints offense.
1: I like both these bets, by the way, uh, just fantasy life alert. Drake London will not play on Sunday, so that's official. Drake London's going to be out. I like both these props. Both of them, I think, will hit. But give me Alvin Kamara. I'm going home with Connor. Again, we saw what Eckler did to the (laughs) Bears last week. The Bears are brutal against pass-catching running backs. Eckler had a huge game last week. I think Kamara gets there. So give me Alvin Kamara. That's closing time. means you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. For Penn State Blake, Jay, and Connor, and Denny Carter, I'm Matthew Berry. Vroom, vroom. Go watch a race on Sunday.